Hey everybody, this is So Heidi, and you're listening to the Successful Fashion Designer Podcast. We all know that the fashion industry is brutally competitive and it takes loads of hard work to get ahead. The problem is that everyone's secretive and tight lipped about their ways. After working as a designer and educator for over a decade, I wanted to help break down those barriers and bring you valuable knowledge from industry experts, and this show is exactly where you'll find that. Whether you're trying to break into the fashion world, make yourself more marketable, launch your own label, or become a successful freelancer, we'll help you get ahead in the cutthroat fashion industry. This is episode 47 of the Successful Fashion Designer Podcast, and today I'm chatting with Eileen Coyle, a pattern maker who works in Los Angeles. I was lucky enough to sit down with Eileen in person and chat with her when I was in Los Angeles for my SFD party, and we met up at Hello World Fashion, a design and production studio in the LA area. If you hear a little background noise, it's because we're doing this in a production studio. There's actually people behind us, like sewing and having design meetings, it was a really cool space and it adds some nice ambiance, but just a heads up, that's what the background noise is from. I wasn't in my studio like I normally am. I love Eileen's story for so many reasons. First of all, she got her education in Germany and their education structure is so much different than what we see and know here in the U.S. And so she talks a lot about how that kind of built her up and gave her a lot of hands-on experience before she even entered the career. It's a really, really cool way they do it over there. She talks about why she loves pattern making. At first, she thought she wanted to be a designer. She was set on doing design, and she kind of fell into pattern making. And she talks about why she loves it, because she's problem-solving and some other things that you never really would think about, but how, as a pattern maker, you don't really take your job home with you, whereas a designer, you seem to be you know, thinking about design and, and creation all the time. So she likes having that work-life balance. And she also talks about how she's grown her career over the years, how she's found new job opportunities over and over, and most of those have come from keeping in touch with friends and coworkers and getting out there and and creating opportunities and, you know, that, that word we don't like to talk about but that we know works, networking. So listen close to everything Eileen's done in her career to keep advancing from one job to the next, landing her dream job and creating new opportunities. If you guys like what you hear in the Successful Fashion Designer podcast, which I know a lot of you do, I get tons of great feedback in the reviews and a lot of you send me emails or tell me in person like when I meet you at at various industry events or at the the party I just had in LA, you tell me how much you love the the podcast. And so here's what I'm going to ask you to do. The best way we can help share this content with other listeners is for you guys out there to share it. So here's what I want you to do. Hit pause on this episode and send a text right now to a friend. Maybe it's someone who wants to break into the industry. Maybe it's someone who already works in the industry. But hit pause and text either this episode or the the Successful Fashion Designer podcast in itself to a friend right now. Just say, hey, I just thought you would find this interesting. I listen to this podcast. I really love it. And I wanted to share it with you. I'm sure they'll be grateful. I'll be grateful. I really appreciate all of your support. Thank you so much. Now, let's jump into the interview with Eileen. To access the show notes for today's episode, visit sfdnetwork.com slash 47. Okay, so first, let me explain a little bit more about where we are. We are in a production, small production facility and design studio in Los Angeles. Um, And I'm sitting here with Eileen. Uh, So, Eileen, tell us a little bit about what you do in the fashion industry. Hi. Um, So I work as a pattern maker in L.A. Um, I've been working in fashion for over 10 years, and I've gotten into, I've 
kind of honed in on pattern making about five, six years ago. Okay, cool. Um, so you and I chatted before and you told me how you got started in Germany mm -hmm. and I want to hear, I want you to share a little bit about how that whole structure works because the infrastructure and the setup of how you get started in fashion in the German education system is way different than the U.S. So yeah. can you tell us like, what was that like? Yeah, so I, I, always, I always knew I wanted to be in fashion. It was just kind of like I, my great-grandma was a pattern maker. Uh, she made clothes like you know, I, I never, I don't think I ever met her, but um, it's always been in my family. And then I learned sewing from my grandma when I was younger. She taught me how to sew. So um, she would always make me clothes and I made my own clothes with her like when I was young. Um, so I kind of like, I, I mean, when you're little, you don't really think like, some people know what they're gonna do. I didn't think I was gonna actually get into fashion. It was just a hobby, but I think around prom, um, I realized I didn't want to buy a dress if I could make mm, one. Yeah. And especially, and I wanted a dress that no one else had. So I made my prom dresses back in high school and I was like, maybe this is the direction I can go into. And it was just kind of, um, it just made sense. So I moved to Germany after high school and I did a, an apprenticeship there for three years um, instead of just going straight to college because and in Germany, if you want to go to university, you have to do an apprenticeship before. Oh, um, cool. Yeah, so, like, they have it for all different careers. Like, you know, I don't know, like, bakers or butchers. Like, just, you know, any type of career you can think of, you yeah. do an apprenticeship. And it's mandatory for fashion design, which is amazing. So I, I did that for three years. I worked for a children's wear company. Okay. Um, and the way it worked is you, you kind of work for the company full time. And the government sponsors the company to have apprentices. Okay. So you work for them, but also they teach you things. They teach you the career. And also I went to school twice or two days out of the week um, and did like fashion related classes. So you're like working most of the time, going mm -hmm. to school, learning a little mm -hmm. bit. It's like you're getting real experience kind of seeing exactly how this works do you like it yeah it's kind of a dual i mean it's a dual education system yeah um yeah so you can either do it two years or three years and i did three years and it was like um i don't know on my, on my resume i just say like a like apparel production apprentice i don't really know what to call it in germany but it's it's kind of uh and you don't it doesn't really get recognized here but there it does okay yeah um and Wait, how'd you end up in germany because so like a lot of like we're sitting here in oh, Los yeah. Angeles and you're like I just went to Germany and did this oh, thing. Oh yeah, totally. Uh, yeah. So I grew up there and okay. then yeah, my mom's German, my dad's Canadian American. So we moved from Germany to America when I was 11, and then okay. I decided to go back after First. high school. Okay. Yeah, um, I always knew I wanted to do that, so that was amazing. Yeah, so I lived there for three years again. I lived like. My, my grandparents had like a little apartment upstairs. So I lived with my grandparents for three years. It's oh, so nice to get so to spend cool. time with them. Yeah. yeah. And like the town I grew up in. So that was such an amazing experience. Cause I still like, even though I was like going to work in school, I still had like that kind of support system there that, yeah. you know, I was still young. I was Some family. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was like a good intro to being an adult, I yeah. guess. Um, yeah, but that was an amazing experience. Cause we, the type of like, they had um, sort of like a curriculum set up for the apprenticeship, so like we had to do like a little production run or we had to, you know, learn how to use all the machines. There are different types of clothes we had to make, like, um, I, like I made like, like underwear and, you know, knits, wovens. Um, we spent, I got to spend a week in like the cutting department learning or like a week in like 
quality control. You know, they kind of put us into different parts of the company for yeah. a week or two weeks. Or, Which is great. You get to see like mm -hmm. how all the pieces work together. Exactly. Yeah. They. Yeah. Whenever like another department needed help, they knew to call on us. And a lot, like sometimes it was just stuffing letters and things like that. <laughs> but like. It was it was cool, and because I speak English well, um, I also got to do like I got to sit in on a lot of meetings and like translate for like Scandinavian buyers or you know like other like other countries that don't speak German. So I, I got to fill in as a translator a lot, or um, I got to translate like the lookbooks and things like that too. So that was really fun. Um, yeah, I learned so much there. And then in school, we had like our subjects were like all fashion related so two two hours out of the week we just did like fabrics we just learned about fabrics like you know the way wovens work or yeah. you know the way the way kind of like the way that's that fabrics are made and yeah. everything which you don't necessarily learn in design school here you kind of have like a little background on fabrics but not so much like oh, we did there yeah um or we did like fashion related masks so we had to do like you know the radius of a skirt or like you figure out how to calculate like the distance of buttons and things like that math is used in real life people. totally yeah <laughs> especially as a like and then you went into pattern making yeah yeah um you use it even more than some of your essential design yeah. stuff and i was terrible at math in high school too <laughs> it was my worst subject i hated it so much yeah. so like my family thinks it's funny too that now i do such a technical job but do you think you like latched onto it because it was in a space that you loved so much like you just figured out how to like your brain started working because you're like I love fashion so much I love mm -hmm. this it's not just like solving weird yeah. problems in a math test in exactly high yeah I think you know when you're doing like math math problems it you don't you're never gonna use it again right like, like, it don't. makes no sense it's it makes no like sense drill. yeah you don't need it so yeah. I think yeah I'm I, it was something I'm, it's something I'm good at, but like I think when you're passionate about it, you figure it out. Yeah. So. Um, okay, so you did the three years in Germany, mm -hmm. and that was like education, work, like amazing experience. Yeah. And then where did you go from there? Yeah, so that was kind of like my intro to intro to the fashion world, um, and then I moved to LA kind of like on a whim. I mean, I wanted to go to design school after that, um, and I was looking all over the place. Like I, I would I visited like schools in Paris or like Amsterdam um, I mean while I was in Europe and I always wanted to move to New York that was always kind of my plan but I think when it came time I got bored of the idea of like you know the things I've been planning for so long so and I was sick of the cold weather so I kind of <laughs> wanted to go somewhere totally new and I ended up taking or accepting um, the what do you call it? Well, I ended up coming to LA for school. Okay. Um, yeah, which was just never really my plan, but then all of a sudden it seemed really great. And yeah, I'm still here. So How long ago was that? That was, I guess, seven and a half, eight years ago now. Okay, it's so like 2010-ish. 2010, 2010, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm, exactly. Um, yeah, so, and I, th and I thought I'd be here for like school and then go somewhere else, but I'm, you know, I'm really happy here. I think LA is great. So I'm still here. Um, yeah, so I went to FITM. Uh, after I did the apprenticeship for two years and it was awesome because or it was awesome having that base already because I mean design school is so hard it's yeah. it's just such an insane amount of work and I think I heard the dropout rate is like 50% or oh something. god I had no yeah. idea I mean I don't know that as a fact but I, I think I mean I've not heard that it's so yeah. it's such an intense yeah especially when you're cramming like a fashion education into, t into like a two-year AA degree right, right. it's so much work. I mean, I didn't sleep like ever, and I always got sick at the end of every quarter because you were so exhausted. It was just so yeah, exhausted. Yeah, and I was working while I was in school too. So, 
it was it was so intense but I'm so glad I kind of had that base already so I knew how to sew really well yeah. um, and like I like pattern maker skills and stuff I did really really good in school surprisingly because um, I, I mean it was just so much work but yeah um, I loved going to fit them um, I think I don't know I think you kind of have to really use the resources that they have too and they have access to so many good resources like I was always in the library or you know you get to use like the computer programs and stuff whenever you want yeah. um, so that was really amazing I think that you know as long as you use all the resources that they give you like you can get so much out of your education there yeah. um, so I, I had like I mean I really got a lot out of going to school there so kind of taking advantage of like what they put in front of you mm. and all these maybe you sounds like you went a little bit above and beyond of like okay I yeah. could do this I can get my coursework done mm. but like there's all these extra tools and resources that I can just exactly. learn and practice or study yeah I mean when you know how the industry works already it's easier you know what if you're going to class oh, you yeah. kind of you're like cramming all this knowledge into your head and then you want to forget about it right away but I think if you know why you need to know it it's better like I remember um, we were taking like the computer pattern class and I was I, I loved it I thought it was so much fun so, yeah. like and at that point too I did not want to be a pattern maker oh, interesting. Um, I have like like every year you know how Facebook tells you like the things that happened like years in prior oh, years oh right or, like five years ago you did this yeah, yeah so there's like I have like one that I see it every year because it was like my teacher told me today I'd make a good pattern maker that's like the worst idea of a career for me <laughs> yeah I just that's never hysterical yeah and I never thought I would do that or I had a friend too she was a designer and she's like you should like I don't know why the pattern makers are so happy but you should go into that I'm like no I never want to do that you but wanted to design I wanted to design yeah that was always my plan like and I was always really good at pattern classes but I still I mean while I was in school I never thought that I would do that as a career I still wanted to do design so it wasn't maybe it wasn't that you well it sounds like maybe you were averse to like being a pattern maker mm -hmm. Perhaps influenced by the fact that you wanted to do design so badly. Yes. Yeah. But like, what was it about a pattern maker that you were like, oh, I would never do that. It sounds like the worst job ever. Which just Facebook keeps reminding you every year. I know, totally. <laughs> I think just because it's so technical, you know, you just think of pattern uh, making okay. as like math and like, okay. you know, just kind of like lines. Numbers. And yeah, exactly. It's, I don't know, it just seemed like such a boring job to me. But... But I did like looking back to I like I I loved those classes. So and it seems like you just, had like a natural knack for it. Like your teachers mm -hmm. notice it, your friends notice it. Yeah, totally. Um, so like, when did that switch, or when did you wind up going into pattern making? Did you start out in design after you graduated and got your first job, and then transition to pattern making, or when did when did that switch? Mm -hmm. So I actually my first job out of school ended up being as a pattern making assistant at oh. BCBG. Okay. Um, so I took the job. My friend um, was already working there as an assistant, so okay. she had a coworker that was leaving, and she I had just finished school, so she's like, "Oh, like I know of a job for you." So that was how I got into it, because so I got I got the job there, and I was thinking, you know, after a year, I'll switch into design because that was kind of a thing like especially their girls like you know that was kind of their way into the, the, into the door, the door yeah. and then after a year you were allowed to ask to switch into design so I was like oh yeah that's what I'm gonna do yeah um so that's how I or that's like how I ended up at BCPG um as a pattern making assistant and yeah that's just kind of how I fell into doing my career and did you like wind up loving it yeah, um, I mean, as an assistant, it was kind of mostly just like keeping track of paperwork and stuff like that. Yeah. It was like very, 
we weren't actually involved in making patterns. Um, it was mostly kind of like doing like BOMs and I don't know, sewing instructions and things like that. A lot of just organization. Okay. But um, luckily my boss that I worked for there, she let me, and like, it, it was like kind of like, it was, it was kind of like, like special that she let me do that, but um, she let me make patterns for like the lower budget line there. Um, oh, yeah. So whenever I had free time, like kind of on top of my actual job or my regular uh, assignments, she would help me. Like I would go to, I would go to design um, and they would just give me, you know, like easier, kind of like easier patterns. To do. Yeah. yeah. And she would kind of show me how to do them. So that, that was awesome that I got that opportunity because most of the pattern makers wanted their assistants to only work for them. Okay. And yeah, so I got really lucky in that sense. So I kind of got to like, you know, use the program and everything and, you know, just kind of slowly start working on things. Yeah. And did you, how did you, did you ask her to get to do that? I think so. Yeah. I think it was probably kind of like, I don't remember ever asking. I mean, I must have, but she was really supportive of that, and I think she kind of saw, like, that I I had, like, a future in pattern making, too. Okay. She was so supportive. So of, she maybe pushed you a little bit, you were driven, and it just matched up. Yeah, it just kind of made, yeah. yeah, it just kind of matched up. So that was awesome. And at that point, too, I was, you know, I got to a point, like, after being there for over a year, where I was like, what am I going to do next? Um, and And she knew that, too, so... That was kind of, I don't know, it just kind of made sense. Um, and it was nice that she helped me, like, learn how to make patterns. But that's, yeah, so I was doing that there while I was trying to figure out, like, if I would look for a pattern-making job, like, with another company or what I was going to do. Um, then this position freed up for an associate pattern-maker for, like, the runway team, um, which they did, like, you know, like, the runway shows in New York and stuff. So yeah. it was kind of like the, it was a high-end line that they did. Um, so as soon as that position became available, like I knew that was the job that I, you know, I just knew that was my next step because it was gonna, like, I was gonna actually learn under somebody how to, you know, make like quality patterns and everything. So um, it took a while for that position to actually become available after the last associate left because at that point they weren't really like hiring people. But I was in the manager's office like every single week, like asking to be interviewed. I just like, <laughs> I just, I needed to have that job. And I knew eventually like it would become available. And like the, the pattern making team over there, they already knew it too. Like, cause yeah. I was kind of like, I talked to my boss and she was like, oh yeah, you need to get that job. Yeah. So she kind of like put in a good word for me and stuff too. Like she was so supportive and we were both kind of like, kind of like scheming together to like get that job. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it, I feel like it took like, for like probably like four months or something to finally get interviewed and then it took even longer to get switched over because it was like such a long process there because they yeah they were kind of slowing down um on like the company infrastructure i don't know um yeah so i got that job and that was like that was like the perfect next step for me because i do like and, the, and that was kind of also me deciding to actually be a pattern maker at that point, too. Like, that's one I wanted to specialize in. Um, so I learned so much there. And it was, I mean, as an associate, it was like I was kind of doing, like, assistant work for the other pattern makers, but I was also doing my own patterns, and they were helping me with it. Okay. And, yeah, it's kind of a mix of both. So it's still, it still a lot of, like, keeping track of things, but... Um, yeah, I, I was getting I was getting my own projects too. A lot more hands-on experience. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, wait, so I have to. So you said it took about like four months mm -hmm. for, for you to get the interview, but you were like literally in the manager's office every week asking. And like, I love that. Yeah. Like, push for, yeah. you know, okay, there's an opportunity. Maybe you say I can apply for it. I think a lot of people would then just sit there yeah. and keep going about the normal job. But yeah. you were like, I want this opportunity. I'm going to ask for mm -hmm. it. I'm going to push. Totally. Like, what, were, what did you actually say? You like go in there and be like, hey, when are we interviewing for this job? Yeah, because I mean, <laughs> like, it was, uh, by that point, I had already worked there for a long enough time where I knew, you know, like, we all kind of knew you each other. So, yeah, yeah it wasn't like, I knew I could just, you know, just ask her, like, okay, like, any anything new, like, you know, because um, they, they were waiting for word from... I don't know, like so the owner, oh, right. yeah. yeah, corporate, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it was company. just, I was just kept kept pushing her as much as I could because I didn't see myself doing anything else. And I think like when you know, when you know like what the right thing is for you, like you have to do the best you can. Yeah. So, but I think a lot of people look at that as like being pestery, but I yeah. don't see that as being pestery. I see that as mm -hmm. being like assertive, or even like as a female, you could be looked at as being like aggressive totally but like as a male i think that would be more no you're assertive like yeah. you want you know what you want you're gonna mm. ask and you're gonna get it and like you did exactly. that which is awesome yeah and it I worked mean, totally yeah i think you kind of have to feel out the situation too yeah. but in that situation it was totally appropriate for me to keep asking because yeah. it like you know i was it made sense for them to hire someone already within the company for that position and i knew i like i knew it just had to be me so yeah yeah it's i guess it's different you know if you're trying to get a job where you don't know anyone like if you continuously call that might be a little bit much um you know you can kind of there's a fine line there of is like a line yeah, yeah yeah but you just kind of have to know and you kind of have to be smart about it i guess in those situations but yeah yeah um, okay, so you got the job. It took a while, but you got it. Mm -hmm. And we're starting. We're doing your own projects, doing a lot more hands-on stuff. And yeah. then where'd you go from there? So this is super crazy. So I was I was in that position for I was at the company for three years. Um, I was in, I had that position for well over a year and a half, I think. Um, and so that by then I'd been in LA for five years and I hadn't been back to Germany to see my family in five years. So it was time for me to go home. So like I, I went home for Christmas for a month. It was just like after that long of time, you know, I, I was like, okay, I've worked so hard. Um, so I took a month of, over Christmas. It was less than a month, but, um, but then I got invited to a wedding in India like a month later and I was like, well, I'm going to India, obviously. So I kind of needed to take a lot of vacation, but by that point I had been there for so long that I was kind of ready to like start something new. Um, so it worked out crazy because I was going to leave the company and then I ended up getting laid off that day like the day before I flew to India oh wow but it was oddly it was like the best thing that could have happened to me like you don't you know you don't never want that to happen to you but yeah. like considering I was actually gonna leave that day it it was like right such perfect moment, timing did you yeah realize it was a good thing or it took you like a little while to realize in hindsight that well was good. when it so because I that day actually I interviewed for a a pattern making position at PCBG. Okay, like, so within I, the company still. That day, yeah. And they knew I was going to India, and she was like, okay, I'm excited to talk to you more when you get back. Like, it, it was like, okay, cool. Yeah. yeah, so, you know, it came from higher up. Like, nobody knew what was going on. Oh, yeah. yeah. 
Um, so I, I like was looking forward to having like you know moving moving up um, when I got back from India, but. Yeah, so that was at like 4 p.m. And at 6 p.m., you know, someone came and was like, can you come meet us in the office? And I was like, yeah, sure. And they were like, you know, it's not you. Like, company's doing layoffs. Like, And I was like really offended at the time. But at the same time, I knew I had to get home and pack. So I was like, yeah, you know, like, where do I sign? Yeah, like, I have other things to think about right now. Like, I can cry about it later if I want to. And on the way home, I was just like, what just happened? It was so crazy. <laughs> it was already like interview for this, like, advancement. And then like two hours later, like. Yeah, then I was gone. Layoffs. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Gosh. And I was like, oh, okay. But then on Monday, I was already, I was in Dubai and I woke up to a bunch of texts from like other assistants um, that also got laid off. So it turns out it was like a, a it was thing. kind of a big thing. Yeah. yeah. So at the time I was, I, w I was offended, but then I realized it was, it was just, you know, they were doing cutbacks. Um, so I was, yeah, and it worked out because I got severance. So I went on vacation. Um, yeah, and then when I got back, um, my very first week back, uh, Virginia actually, she came to LA for a couple of days. And I was like, why don't I just go to San Francisco and work for you for a week or so? Like, because my parents live up there. Um, so I was like, I can visit my parents for a week. Like, I didn't really have much you know, to do. And so I took the train, I stayed with my parents. I took the train to Virginia's every day and just kind of helped her with pattern and like other stuff just yeah. for fun. Um, just as a quick side note, Virginia is a friend of yours from yes. BCBG. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She runs a fashion company now. Yeah. Fashion founder. Yeah. Dot me. me? Yes. I'll link to her in the show notes. I interviewed her on, I, did it come out? I, now I'm saying this live. I don't know if it came out yet, but I will link to that interview in the show notes. Yeah, so, she's okay. an amazing friend. Yeah. yeah, so she had her activewear line at that at that time. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah, she was doing an activewear line. Okay. Um, yeah, so I just like I just kind of hung out with her for a week and like yeah. you know did did some work there and then that week I got a call from my old boss who um, gave my contact to someone else who was looking for a temp pattern maker. So, um, sorry. So. The f as soon as I got back, I interviewed, like, took the temp job. Um, it was doing knitwear, and then while I was doing that, so I, I ended up not being without work ever during that time. Like, I thought I was gonna, you know, like, have some chill time. No, yeah. I ended up, like, as soon as I got back from India, I was working the whole time. Um, but yeah, then I, I got another call about a full time job um, right away, and it was like my dream company. It was, I mean, it was seriously my dream job. Um, so I tested there, I got the job, and it was like, that was like the best year ever, you know, from like, you know, getting to go on vacation and then like getting laid off on like the day that you were planning on leaving anyway. It was crazy. Um, and then like getting your dream job. It was like such a good year. Um, what, what was, well, first of all, how did you get the dream job? I, so I got reached out to by a recruiter actually. Okay. Yeah. So it was a recruiter that found me the job. Um, and it was like a really young contemporary company. So all, it was an all girls office. Like a lot of people brought dogs to the office like it was like just such a beautiful setting really cool clothes I loved the work too it was like it's like the you know if you're making stuff that you love to like wear too That's awesome. it's cool yeah yeah so that yeah it was like such a fun I had so much fun working there because you're you can kind of like take more you, you take more pride in something that you like really enjoy and it was such a young company too like the owners were like one or two years older than me um the designer was my age so everyone was really young um so it was like kind of playing dress up too you yeah. know um but it was yeah it was 
like such a cool experience and we worked with really amazing fabrics so we just had yeah I just had like I learned a lot um, and it was a lot of work it, it really was like so much work and it was doing hand patterns too which I'd never done before like before it was always computer patterns I mean you kind of learn in school but sure. I was always doing computer but it was all hand patterns like we're always doing ruffles and stuff like that so you know it's just like so much and like things are have lining and so it's like pretty tedious to do everything by hand so why would you I don't know much about pattern mm -hmm. making that's not my area of expertise yeah. at all so like what it, why would they have made that decision to do hand versus digital because they were still really new um, I okay. think at that point, they, they've only been around for like six or seven years or so, but they're like a really well-known brand. Um, but yeah, I think they, I think... So is that because it's like more, like, so software's really expensive, or mm -hmm. it's more, co okay. It's crazy so like, like, expensive. Okay, so they're newer, so hand patterns mm -hmm. make more sense, but like, why does that really make more sense? Is it price? It's, oh yeah, the software's so expensive. Gerber. It's, or mm -hmm, Gerber. Other, or, I think all of them are pretty expensive. But yeah, like it's 30, like 30,000 yeah. like buy-in and there's like subscription mm -hmm. fees, right? I think I mean, so, I'm throwing yeah. out numbers I think I've heard. I think that's actually a pretty accurate okay. number. Okay, so pretty yeah. pricey. So that's like it's a big investment, pricey. 30 grand. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. So it's a, it's a big investment. Um, and there are three of us pattern makers, so we, we did everything by hand. But they worked a lot different. You know, like in most companies, you, you do a pattern, it gets like, sent to cutting the cutter takes it to sewing and then like there's fittings like there's they were such a young brand that when I started um the pattern makers were sewing the samples yeah so after after I started um I brought in two sewers and so we got to like focus on patterns and then the sewers would sew up the samples but um yeah, and then we, we did fittings and then we kind of like refined them, but then we sent the patterns to China um, and then they kind of did, took it over, took over production from there. Yeah. Um, so it's like a, a bit of a different way of working, but it was so hands-on and like, you know, which was cool. Like, it's like cool. You're like not in front of the screen mm -hmm. eight hours a day. You're like actually like using yeah. pencils and rulers and exactly French curves and yeah, yeah. which is, it's such a good experience and you get really fast at making like I mean they did really like beautiful clothes and you know, if you're doing it by hand and you're always having to like you know you're doing the linings and you're doing like all these ruffles and stuff you get pretty quick at it too yeah so it's like a really good experience yeah um okay so that came through recruiter and you did that for a year and it was like this awesome amazing year mm -hmm. um and you're still feeling like you're loving pattern making or ever thinking like oh I wish I was doing the design or like mm -hmm. where are you at in your heart at this point I, I want to stick to patterns, um, yeah. definitely, because I what I like about pattern making now, like having done it for so long, or ha having done it for a while, I guess, um, like, um, like with design, I think you never stop working. You're always having to come up with like new creative ideas all the time, and I think like you know it kind of like crosses over between work and also like your personal life. Like it's kind of there's not really such a boundary. But with patterns, like it's more, it's also very creative. I realized, and I love that about oh, it. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, because um, you're. I mean, it's it's technical, so like there's always an answer. You know, like you get the sketch and you have to make it work. And I, I like that because it's a fun challenge too. It's problem solving. It's problem solving, yeah. yeah. And so I like that about it. And it's creative too because like, and I mean, depending on where you're working too, but like you get to, yeah, you have to solve the problem in your own way. 
So that's what I really like about it. And then like at the end of the day, you know, you go home and there is like a boundary between work right. and, you know, not work. So it's not like you could just be on Pinterest, like constantly thinking of ideas for the next mm -hmm. season, or you go out, you're shopping, and you're like, oh, taking pictures of all this inspiration. Yeah, it's like you're not drafting patterns out on the weekend when you're wandering around doing something. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, totally. A line. Yeah, and I think that's kind of important for like, like your mental health sanity. too. You <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Your sanity. Like um, the industry is like already a, so intense and brutal. It it's really like is. Nice to have that line. Yeah. yeah. It really is. Um, because, I mean, just any, like, fashion really is, like, such a brutal industry. Yeah. It's hard. You have to work hard at also keeping your sanity sometimes. Yeah, um, yeah like, I, with my last job, too, I was I was working, like, Saturdays and Sundays pretty often. You know, when it gets into that, like, crunch time, you're yeah. just working all the time. And it takes a lot. You know, you don't realize it. Like, because when you're at work, you're just kind of working. But then, like, over time, it does take a lot out of you, you realize. Like, it's just kind of something then that... Like, I have no problem, you know, going to work for eight hours or whatever, but after a while it adds up and you're like, whoa. I need <laughs> okay. to, like, breathe. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, okay, so you um, got your dream job, you did that for a year, mm -hmm. and then, then what happened? Yeah, so I did that for, like, a year and a half, um, but then... Like, unfortunately, it was because they were such a new company, like, there wasn't really any room for growth for me there, pretty much. Um, and it was sad because I, I would have wanted nothing more than to, you know, keep working there because yeah. I loved it. It was, like, just, an, and it was all girls, like, it was just such a nice, it was just such a great work environment, and it was, the work was really fun. Um, but, yeah, I, like, I've come so far in my career, and, you know, like, I moved to L.A. for this, and I've worked so hard at this career that I couldn't just sort of like get comfortable in, in a job. Um, I felt like I still needed to grow. Uh, so yeah, so I made the decision to leave. Um, I took a production pattern making job, which like there's first pattern making, but you're kind of making like the, like the first patterns that mostly get used in like photo shoots or stuff yeah. like that but then it goes like on to prototypes and samples yeah stuff okay. like that and then it'll go um into production pattern making which is like you know for production so there's a lot more work that goes into that you're doing like you you basically creating a language for someone most likely in another country to read um you know and they have Oh, they only go off of the information that you give them. So, so like, okay, can we break that down a little bit more? Because there's mm -hmm. a lot of people listening who, like, are on the industry, mm -hmm. and, like, that could feel very confusing to them. Totally. So explain a little bit more in detail of, like, okay, your, your um, first pattern, which mm -hmm. is just making samples, or, like, photo shoot samples, mm -hmm. versus a production pattern where you're like, okay, we're going to make a thousand of these. Yeah, like, exactly. Explain a little more in detail about that. Um, okay, so first pattern making, it's more creative, because you get the sketch from design, and you create the first pattern. So it's very like, you know, you're doing the, the shape and like the silhouette and everything. Um, it's more creative. Um, and you don't need to focus much on the actual physical pattern as you do on what the garment looks like. The end result. Yeah, because okay. you're making it and then, yeah, it'll go, that's the sample that'll, you know, get shot or get kind of used for the lookbook. Um, and then for production pattern making you you're taking that pattern but you're making it for yeah to make like a thousand or you know however many um to make the bulk garments um and it's 
a lot more focused on the pattern and you're doing like fitting after fitting until you get it right. So like you're tweaking tiny mm -hmm. little adjustments. Tiny adjustments, yeah, exactly. Um, and yeah, so you're, you're making like just teeny adjustments or you're making like, you know, like all the notches have to be right and things like that. Like the, you just have to make sure it's a, like the pattern is something that you can read or that whoever's sewing it can read um, accurately, you know, so that there's no mistakes in production. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so it's, it's a totally different, it's a different job. Um, in some companies, is it actually? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, for the most part, yeah. Okay. I okay, mean, great. Because you said you were doing. You then got hired to do production pattern. Yeah. So first pattern. Mm -hmm, yeah. Okay. So when I started there, I was doing first through production, but it the work just kept getting more and more. Yeah. So I switched to only production. Okay. Gotcha. Um, and then someone else was doing the first. Yeah. Who had worked for? Who had worked with in the past? So that was kind of cool because we kind of like. You know, it, it's you, it, like yeah, everybody it works before. differently too, and yeah. you know, having to work with other people's patterns, <laughs> it's also a, it's also a thing. So, um, like, it's what good. am I inheriting here? Exactly. Yeah. It's yeah. Um, so, I was yeah, I was doing production there um, on the computer too, and it was like a very fast turnaround because it was a fa this job was fast fashion, which before I always did contemporary. Um, so like the clothes were a lot easier, or you know, yeah. I mean the clothes just like were simplified, very designs. simplified. Yeah, okay. like you know, like t-shirts are kind of like more simple um, garments. But I was doing the production, so we were doing like fitting after fitting, and you know, having to make really like the tiniest turn. changes yeah. and stuff. And yeah. you know, if they were like knits, like sometimes, or if they were dyed, we had to make sure like that the shrinkage was correct and everything, which is like. I don't know. It's it can be really difficult. Um, yeah. So it was, it was a totally different way of working for me. But I learned a lot, and I liked. I liked kind of you know getting like my hands into that sort of um, like I don't know aspect of pattern making. But I definitely enjoy doing first patterns more. So I worked there for, I think, five, six months. Um, and then now I'm currently, I just realized it wasn't for me. It yeah. was just, yeah, it's, as, I mean, I enjoyed the experience, but I think that it's just not what I want to do long-term. Um, yeah, because I, I want to like enjoy what I'm doing too. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like my experiences in, in contemporary and fast fashion too, like it's, I don't know, how do, how do how do I say it? Um, <laughs> it's like uh, like I don't really wear fast fashion either. I don't okay. know. Like so it's yeah. like not relatable for you. It's not relatable. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I don't know if you're doing it full time. You kind of want to enjoy it too, or like I mean, if you're fortunate enough to get to enjoy it, I guess. But yeah, I don't know. I decided to. Leave. Um, okay, so can, I want to hear a little bit more about the differences, because like, um, so so maybe outside of the perspective of like first pattern versus production pattern, um, like a step outside of that, um, like what would be the differences in terms of like maybe just to give people a perspective on what's your your timeline in some of the other brands that you were mm -hmm. used to working with versus the timeline in fast fashion. Mm -hmm. Like from the time you 
maybe get sketch and then you have book production you have yeah. your first sample and your photo samples and maybe mm -hmm. book production versus like what are we like looking at fashion. here okay yeah um so they're kind of similar i think um like with you know with my previous jobs in contemporary um it was usually every three months we'd have a collection out and that was the thing you know you have like, like four spring yeah, summer holiday yeah you have those four seasons and that's what you're working up to yeah. so usually like it'll get really busy like one month out of three yeah <laughs> um and that's kind of the timeline you know you have a date for the photo shoot or the show or something and that's yeah. what you're working up to whereas with fast fashion it's just like a never-ending like hamster wheel it's just you know it's just you're always like working on something new and it just it's just hits piece the stores after piece after piece after piece yeah like it hits the stores as soon as it's ready so we'd have like delivery dates but they were kind of like all different delivery dates usually like usually we'd have kind of like a three month from like when the order was placed to when it gets shipped to stores sort of but it totally varied okay um somewhere like sooner somewhere later so we i just always had to follow the sh you know the ship date and like go based off of that but then there's always fittings and like a lot of the companies that i worked with because they kind of did um they kind of did licensing for other companies mm -hmm. so i would send it to the companies to fit and then I would get notes back so yeah so and Explain like for like as well, mm -hmm. how licensing works for someone who might not know what that oh, okay yeah is. totally um so we kind of did all the you know we did like the pattern the sewing samples we did the handle the production mm -hmm. but then the company is they're the ones that you know place an order and they kind of outsource the work basically okay. yeah um so and they outsource it to various companies right. usually they so. run it through your infrastructure because you guys are really set up established mm -hmm. you have all the systems in place maybe they just don't have that in-house or it just doesn't make sense to do that exactly and so they yeah so they kind of outsource the like they, they'll probably have like you know um what do i call it um yeah, basically, like, the clothing production will get outsourced yeah. to a different company. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's what I was doing. Um, and I forgot what we were talking about. The so fast fashion just, you said, just well, we were looking at the differences between the two. Mm -hmm. um, of like, I guess I was trying to really understand. I mean, I know you said you don't wear fast fashion, so it just didn't feel relatable, which is yeah. totally fair. Um, but just as far as like the workload, like behind the scenes, it just seems like the other setup with the contemporary work, you were a little bit more on a schedule mm -hmm. and the fast faction is like you said, never ending. Oh yeah, just never ending. Yeah. So you, you know, you just follow like the ship date and that's, you, you know, that's when you have to have it out yeah. by it's, yeah, yeah, it's like a totally different way of working, but yeah. So it's an interesting experience. You learned a lot, but you're like, this is not working. <laughs> yeah, it's just you know, it's a whole, it's a completely different beast. Like yeah, it really is, and yeah. and I think like, and you know, after being in the industry for a while too, like, and I you know have a lot of friends that work in the industry. Like, if you kind of get into one sort of category, you kind of stick there because that's what you're good mm, at. It's and hard like, to, you yeah. get like pigeonholed. Totally. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like with fast fashion, it's just something you know. You think it's still within the realm of fashion, but it's a totally, totally different, different thing. Yeah, yeah, it really is. So yeah, it just wasn't. Unfortunately, it just wasn't for me. Yeah. Um, which is which I'm totally okay with. Yeah, like, you discover it's good to discover what you don't want to do. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I'm like like didn't mind. You know, I like gave, took a gamble at something new, and I have no regrets about it. Yeah. Um, I learned a lot, but 
Yeah, I'm like ready to get back into contemporary. So I've been talking to a couple of companies um, and like today today I got a, a job. Um, wait, wait, let's with, not gloss over that. Okay. <laughs> we're sitting here and like you show up to the interview, we're just chatting and you're yeah. just like, where is that to the Because when I chatted with you on the phone last week or whatever yeah. it was, um, you're like, yeah, I can meet up, I'm in between jobs, yeah. and then you come here today, and you're like, I just got a job yes. offer, like, this morning, mm -hmm. which is so exciting. Yeah, um, super excited about it. Um, yeah, because I kind of, like, I want to take my time, because, like, now, you know, I've... I've been doing that. I've been doing this for long enough where I want to really stick to a company for a while. Like yeah. I've kind of like built myself, built up my career a little bit, and now I'm ready to kind of you know, like work somewhere. Like kind of take my time to, to find, the right match. find the right match. Yeah. yeah. So luckily I've had like luckily I've been able to do that. So I've kind of had a little bit of time off, um, which is like so nice and needed too. Yeah. Sometimes like you know, not everyone gets that luxury, but it's been nice to just um, I don't know, like focus on. Myself, yeah, I've just been like going to museums and stuff like that, um, <laughs> which is cool. But yeah, I'm also like ready to, you know, do something new. So yeah, so I've been like talking to other companies, um, and today I got a job, which is awesome, um, with like a contemporary, another contemporary label, and like really cool, kind of like within what I'm already doing. So super excited about that. Um, yeah, and and like. I'm like getting so bad at this now. <laughs> no, you're doing great. Um, I think you mentioned before we started the interview where this opportunity came from, the job you just got today. Oh, yeah. It came from... Yeah, so a friend that I worked with on another company, yeah, yeah. So, which is awesome. Um, yeah, we worked together in the past, and so she like referred me to this job, and I think that's kind of really important, um, working in yeah. this type of industry, and I'm sure like other industries too, but especially like those creative industries. Like I hear in like film, it's kind of similar too. It's like all about, you know, the connections that you make. Yeah. Um, yeah, so like I've been talking to two different companies, and both... Um, were referred to by friends and both really cool labels so I think yeah I mean you know especially with like they're, they're both past co-workers and especially you know you want to just like help each other out and yeah. you know it's also good like you have to have like a good like working relationship and stuff and like a lot of um, a lot of co-workers like or a co I guess you know certain co-workers um, I've stayed in touch with over the years like I've I'm, like I've brought, I've also helped you know friends from other companies get jobs and stuff and I think that's kind of the best way you know because you already know what a person how a person works and you know if like they're a good fit for a company so I think that's that really, I mean, it's honestly the best way um, to kind of like get your foot into the door or, you know, get a coworker or something if you yeah. already know someone. Yeah. Um, I mean, it sounds like, with the one, maybe one exception that you said the recruiter found you. Yes. Um, outside of that, like trickled throughout this conversation mm -hmm. is always like oh and then my friend or oh my mm -hmm. my past boss referred me or something exactly it was always like a contact yeah yeah and that's kind of I think that's how a lot of this industry works yeah. for sure I mean when I was at my at the last com or the you know the, the job that I really enjoyed um like a lot of the I mean yeah I got a friend a job and then the sewers I'd worked with at a different company too so I mean it's a lot of kind of networking or just you know yeah. like using your contacts because yeah I mean like I said you already know you already know if someone can 
do the job or not. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, I have friends too, or like I have friends that I went to school with or something where I'm like, oh, I, yeah. you know, I want to, you know, if there's a job open, I'm like, I want to help you, but yeah. love you as a friend, but no. Yeah. <laughs> so it kind of goes like both ways. I think you kind of know. Yeah, um, you do for sure. Yeah. So, I mean, you just made a comment of like keeping in touch and stuff, but like, is, do you feel like there's anything specifically or consciously, or maybe it's just in your nature and your character, which I find a lot of times it is, yeah. that you've done to like maintain these relationships over the years. And then when you are looking for a job, mm -hmm. it's not like, oh, I haven't heard from you for five years. And you're yeah. like, hey, I need a job. Do you know of anything? And like totally. that rubs people the wrong way. Oh, so yeah. I don't know, like, have you ever really thought about it or? I guess, yeah. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. You know, I've, yeah, there's definitely, you know if like old school friends or something hit you up because like I've had that too with other companies where like they'll see on Facebook or something or LinkedIn when I'm working and they're like oh like if there's any job openings can you let me know and they're like, like just there when they need something exactly yeah um, I mean if if I think they'd have like the skill sets or something then totally like sure. I would be happy to refer you um, but I think like the like the friends that um, kind of helped me out this time, I've actively kept in touch with them. You know, like old coworkers. Like it's all, you always want to like kind of hang out and like talk about your jobs and sure. stuff. Like I've definitely maintained some good um, like friendships with old coworkers because you have a lot in common. You know, yeah. you kind of went through the same thing together. So yeah. like we don't see each other all the time or anything, but. Um, or, you know, you'll see, like, a work-related meme and you'll, like, send them to each other or something, sure. like, <laughs> stuff like that, yeah, so, yeah. but I've definitely, like, I've definitely kept in good, in touch with, like, several of my old coworkers, um, because they're, you know, you spend eight hours a day with someone, too, you can, they, they really grow on you, Yeah. so, yeah. it's, like, a nice thing, yeah, they're kind of, like, I mean, it's, like, it's like a special kind of friendship yeah. after a while. Yeah, yeah, like even if you're working together, you kind of keep that like professional sort of, like professional but also friendly, but like after you leave a job, then you can actually be friends. Yeah. So, so it happens, I mean, it sounds like, um, you know, it winds up kind of happening somewhat organically. Yeah, totally. Just because you do, you wind up becoming friends, like you have all these mm -hmm. commonalities, you get along. Yeah. Um, but there's also so much more value that, you know, I think each side can offer to each other in the mm -hmm. long run. Yeah. Um, and like your whole career is pretty much a perfect example of that. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. yeah. My grandma found me my um, my first apprenticeship, actually. Yeah? Yeah, because I, I wasn't, I mean, I wanted to get into fashion, but yeah. um, I wanted to study, like, go to university there, but yeah. it's, like, my, you know, going to high school here, it's not the same as going to high school there. Yeah. So it was, like, really difficult. So my grandma's the one who, like, saw it in the paper, called the company, and, like, got me an interview. Oh, my yeah. God, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah she, like... I mean, she she's she crazy. sounds like she's a go-getter. Totally, yeah. Because I, I I mean, she knew I wanted to come to Germany, and so she like oh. found a way to make it work. So yeah. she had like a little mo ulterior motive. Totally, but, but yeah. still. Mm -hmm. That's so cool. Um, okay, so here you are. You just got this new opportunity, mm -hmm. and see yeah, what so happens. continuing my career in pattern making. Um, yeah. yeah, exactly. I love it. Yeah, I love it. Um, this has been really fun to chat with you. Yeah, and thanks. You too. You've done. Oh, thank you. <laughs>
Um, is if people out there listening want to connect with you somehow, what's the best way to do that? LinkedIn or do you have a website or what? Um, yeah, online? for sure, LinkedIn. Instagram? On LinkedIn, no. it's okay. Eileen Coyle, uh, A I L E N C O Y L E. Okay, and I'll put yeah. that in the show notes. Okay, cool. Yeah, fantastic. Um, yeah. And I'll end with the one question I ask everybody at the interview. Okay. At the end of the interview. Um, what is one thing that people never ask you about working in the fashion industry that you wish that they would or that you'd like to talk more about but nobody ever asks about that aspect of your, of your work in the industry? Hmm, interesting. I don't know if it's like super relevant, but I was having a conversation with a friend the other day who like, you know, she she's kind of in, I don't want to call her rut, but like she's kind of in a place in her career where she's like trying to, you know, figure out like where to go or yeah. like do something else or something like that. And she's like, you know, you don't have to worry about that. Like you've like already kind of, you know, you have a, you have a career path, like you've already made it. And like, I'm like, luckily I did, you know, find my career, which is amazing. Like I'm so I'm actually like, you know, when you think about it, and I was thinking about it recently, you know, like, I've already surpassed what I thought I would do as a kid. You know, you think you're gonna go to fashion, and like, like on one hand, you think you're gonna be like the next big designer, but realistically, (laughs) like, you have no idea. And like, to think that I've worked for like the companies that I've worked for and stuff, like, I've actually like, done pretty good and like you know young me would be proud of me so that's like kind of cool yeah but at the same time like you know like even though I have this like path it's not it's you know you're still always working at it and you never ever stop learning especially with pattern making like that's why like most like you know good pattern makers are like way older right it totally is because you never stop learning like it's just something that yeah something you just have to you know keep working hard at keep learning and stuff so I, I actually really like that about it but at the same time yeah like you know I have luckily I have sort of my path figured out and that's amazing um like I think about it sometimes like if I were to do anything else like well you're, you know you kind of have those days yeah. like I think everybody has those days like yeah. should I do something different I know I can't <laughs> think of anything else that I would you know want to get into um, so that's good, but also, yeah, like with, you know, me being in between work for a little bit too, you kind of get like down about it sometimes. Like what if I don't find like the right match? Luckily, you know, that luckily today if like got good news, but you kind of do think about it and, or like, you know, where am I going to go from here? So, um, but yeah, it's, it's cool. Cause I kind of have like my path figured out, but it's it's not as easy as it seems you know like I think from an outside perspective mm, it's yeah. like okay like she's a pattern maker like she, this is what she's got but yeah like for me it's still like I don't know I guess everybody deals with their own like work issues sure. sort of so um yeah and I think like you never like I never want to stop growing when it comes to that and I never want to be too comfortable either yeah like, I like that mindset yeah I yeah, I don't want to, you know, like be comfortable in a position. So, always want to keep growing. I don't know if that's like relevant <laughs> to your question. No, I love that. No, I love the. I love the part of like the young me would be proud of me, and like you sometimes have to step back and look at what you've built and where you've come and what your path has been, mm. and also appreciate, especially when you're in, like. I know uh, you said maybe not really a rub, but just like in a downtime, like maybe not feeling good about what you're doing, yeah. or like you're in between jobs, and you're like really stuck or frustrated, and like looking back and like you know what? No, I have I have done this. And this is great, and I've put a lot of work into it. Yeah, the iceberg effect. Where like you just see the iceberg at the top, you don't see all the stuff totally. underneath that like built it all, right? Exactly. And yeah. so just to like remember that and be mindful of that and be appreciative of that mm. and like sitting here today, you're like my path is all carved out, but like who knows? Maybe in ten years you look back and you'd be like, oh wow. 
however old you are, 30 year old me would have yeah. been, 25 year old me would have been like so proud of where I am now. Yeah, it's like, that's true. And that's also an exciting mindset mm -hmm. to think about what you said with the kid thing. Or yeah. Like, oh, well, you know, there's always, always, always all these um, more amazing things that can still happen. And so yeah, not being comfortable, true. keeping growing, like moving towards mm -hmm. that. Yeah. Like oh, I had a lot of takeaways from that actually. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Like you kind of want to like, you want, I mean, you always want to look forward, but like, yeah. it's good to look back sometimes too. Yeah. Like just to keep yourself, you know, like not grounded, but just to remind yourself like what you've done, of, what exactly you've done. Yeah. yeah i love that awesome. totally thank you so much for chatting yeah thank this you really fun yeah awesome to have you thanks thank you so much for listening to this episode of the successful fashion designer podcast i really do appreciate each and every one of you as I'll remind you, every listener counts, and as the show approaches one year old and we continue to grow and get more, uh, a bigger reach and get all of this amazing content out to other designers and other industry professionals who are trying to get ahead in their career or people who are trying to break into the industry, I really would be super appreciative if you would share this episode or the podcast with a friend. So if you didn't already at the beginning of the episode, go ahead and do that now. Just pick up your phone, send a text message to a friend, and share the podcast. I'm sure they'll thank you for it, and I know I will definitely thank you for it. I really appreciate your support. Last, if you'd like to learn any more about the resources mentioned in this episode, visit the show notes at sfdnetwork.com slash 47. Thanks so much, and I'll talk to you soon.